Hello, and welcome to Abolish Arkham. I'm Dakota Kennedy. I'm Yuki Nishida. And we are your hosts, and you are listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. If we can't imagine our world without police and prisons, what about fictional ones? Abolish Arkham examines the role of the legal system within popular superhero narratives. Superheroes often work with police officers to incapacitate villains, whether it be through incarceration or death. By challenging traditional systems of punishment, we imagine stories rooted in resilience over retribution and justice over punishment. Yuki, it is so great to have you on this side of the booth. Yay! I'm so excited, Dakota. (laughs) Yes! It feels great. (laughs) Um, So for those of you who joined us last week, um, Yuki was on our show in a guest capacity, and Mm -hmm. now they are coming on full-time as my co-host, and I am so happy to have them here. I am so happy to be here, Dakota. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Always, always. Um, So before we get started, we just wanted to take a moment to introduce ourselves. Um, So once again, my name is Dakota Kennedy, and um, I'm actually from Portland, Oregon, but I've been out in Boston for a few years now. And how I know Yuki is that we are in the same media advocacy graduate program at Northeastern University. Yeah, um, I'm Yuki. I come from from Saipan, the Northern Mariana Islands. I've been in Boston um, since 2017. Did my undergraduate here and did a graduate program at Northeastern as well. And that's how I met Dakota. That's crazy. We both moved to Boston in the same year. I've also been in Boston since 2017. Really? Oh, my Uh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Same beginnings. Wild. I love it. All the parallels. Um, So for today's episode, uh, I want to start with a question. Um, Yuki, what makes a superhero? Hmm. I think a superhero is someone... Who does great for their community. Um, there's always this, uh, always like doing away, uh, getting rid of the bad guy. Um, and always like at the end of the day, saving everyone. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I also think that when I think of superheroes that they're fighting injustice, right? And mm-hmm. even standing up, maybe standing up for people um, who need someone to stand up for them. And superheroes, when I, you know, obviously when I think of superheroes immediately who comes to mind are people like Spider-Man, Superman, Mm -hmm. Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm noticing now that, of course, the superheroes that all come to my immediate mind are men. Um, (laughs) And that's no accident, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Thanks, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. My favorite superheroes are the ones who are a little bit complicated, how so? What do you mean by that? Um, like for example, I love Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. especially in the movie. I love how sassy and sarcastic and opinionated mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. Like, I like superheroes that have a little bit more of a edge to them, or maybe mm-hmm. they're you know, and other superheroes that I really like. Like, I'm also a big fan of um daredevil and Mm, jessica jones mm -hmm. and i think those are also some interesting examples of their superheroes yeah um but they they have flaws Mm -hmm. and that's really refreshing to me i agree and also with um the uh, sort of marvel defender series they also operate on a much smaller level much more like community based like much more like within their neighborhood i mean daredevil hell's kitchen 
Absolutely. And, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm, Jessica mm-hmm. Jones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, these... Uh, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite superheroes. I mean, I love Spider-Man in all three of its iterations so far. Yeah. Um, just because uh, I like the character of... Spi- or like Spider-Man's character has really resonated with me. Well, he's relatable. He is. He's a goofy guy. He's a friendly neighborhood <laughs> Spider-Man. Exactly. I think uh, focus on neighborhood Spider-Man, too. He's one for the community. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so now that we've kind of talked about what makes a superhero, I think it'd be really interesting to have a conversation about the difference between superheroes, vigilantes, and villains. Mm-hmm. Because there's often a lot of gray area in yeah. terms of who's what. And so the easiest way for me to remember the difference between mm-hmm. the three, particularly vigilantes, because I feel like vigilantes can really lean more towards the superhero mm-hmm. or they can lean more towards the villain just depends on the, context. the setting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so superheroes tend to enforce the status quo and kind Mm -hmm. of tend to enforce traditional systems of justice. Mm -hmm. And superheroes also usually don't kill. I think it's really rare for a superhero to kill. Um, And we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about Batman, Mm -hmm. um, because Batman is is traditionally referred to as a vigilante Mm -hmm. and a superhero. And I think he's the most famous example of an icon who really rests kind of has a foot in each camp what do you Mm -hmm. think i think i i think um batman is such an interesting case especially because in what in the beginnings of batman the very first comic that was ever published um introducing batman he throws the villain into a vat of acid and as um the as the bystander was questioning um batman's uh motive for doing that he simply tells them that it's a fitting end for a person of their kind meaning a criminal and so i think uh throughout the evolution of batman i think they've done away with uh, at least in the comic books they've done away with um the kill uh batman killing but we see a much very a much different uh, take in especially the movies in all the movie iterations of Batman where we see him act as more of a vigilante whereas versus in the comic books we see him more in like I guess a superhero light yeah I mean Batman is so interesting because again like he is the best example of a superhero I can think of who does seem to have no issue killing um especially in the in the more recent iterations of batman mm-hmm. like kind of the dark like edgy like brooding mm-hmm. back batman that we've seen um more recently but you know i think so when we're talking about the difference between superheroes and vigilantes usually at least for me as far as i can understand the difference is whether or not that person kills mm-hmm. um and if that person kills they're usually in the vigilante column mm-hmm. as opposed to the superhero column. Mm-hmm. And then villains, you know, we we know villains. <laughs> they, they're usually the one that want to take over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously they have no, usually no, they don't hold back when it comes to violence and mm-hmm. killing and mass destruction. And so... In superhero narratives, I think superhero narratives give us a really um, kind of familiar, like, 
archetype in terms of this good versus bad binary Mm -hmm. and how we have, you know, right? Like, even as you were saying at the beginning, like, superheroes are against the bad guys. Like, Mm -hmm. they go after the bad guys. And I think one of the things that I hope that we can start to talk about in superheroes is that really it's not as clear cut as we would like to think it is. And more specifically, the best superheroes and the best villains are the ones who have this interesting moral gray area and who Mm -hmm. are complicated Mm -hmm. and who you feel for. And it's interesting, too, because I was reading um, in Comic Book Crime, that book Mm -hmm. that I've been telling you about, that when it comes to, um, oh, my gosh, I think I lost my train of thought completely. We'll come back to it when I think Mm -hmm. of it. But, oh, I remembered. Yeah, so basically comic books provide us with this escape. So they Mm -hmm. provide us with this kind of controlled environment Mm -hmm. where we can see what it would look like to live out, like, our fantasies Mm -hmm. of, you know, getting justice. And, like, we each get an opportunity to define justice and Mm -hmm. define what's fair while we're engaged in these narratives. Interesting, interesting. I feel like Batman even, like... To put into context for Batman, like, as a vigilante, with that in mind, it's very interesting to think about, like, Batman as a vigilante and how he gets to choose whether or not he wants to kill someone. And that, uh, and, like, given how Batman works alongside um, the Gotham Police Department, he has a lot of say in what he gets to do with, uh, quote-unquote, criminals. A lot of... uh, like executioner style of um, whether or not he wants to kill someone or not. And I think that's a, it's a very, very heavy topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because um, DC stands for detective comics. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that. I know that I certainly do. And Batman, <laughs> <laughs> and Batman was a character in detective comics. Mm-hmm. And even in the early iterations of Batman back in the late 1930s, early 1940s, mm-hmm. the Gotham Police Department and Commissioner Gordon specifically are original characters. Mm-hmm. So Batman really can't exist without the police and without crime. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really... Because I, I even like see sometimes that Batman works outside of the law and the police. And so it's kind of this... Uh, interesting area of um i guess vigilanteism that batman operates in and um it's a bit of a commentary on like how um how the gotham like quote-unquote just criminal legal system works too definitely i think that when we think of Batman and how Batman works alongside the police. I mean, you know, the bat signal, like our logo is a bat signal that is covered in flowers and moss. And it's inspired by this idea that one day we won't need the bat signal in a similar vein. And hopefully someday we won't need police in prisons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you think about it with Batman having a, having a, signal Mm -hmm. that is there on top of a building for the police to go to Mm -hmm. and say, hey, Batman, we need you. (laughs) You know, like they're very much connected. Mm -hmm. And vigilanteism really thrives when people don't feel that the justice system is just. Mm -hmm. 
And so by virtue of the police even turning to Batman in the first place by, you know, launching his signal up into the sky, mm-hmm. it feels like it's the police saying, we, like, we are, our hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Batman, you're not a cop. You have special utility belts mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, not powers, but you have access to equipment that cops don't. And, you know, you can engage in a illegal way. Like, you know, like he doesn't yeah. have to get warrants. He doesn't have to, you know, have probable cause or have mm-hmm. any of these things that cops would have. He just has to fly down and, you know, pick somebody up. And, and that's interesting that you say that because... A lot of comics, at least like in the golden age of Batman towards like around the 1950s, um, uh, these comics were under strict scrutiny by the comics code, which basically governed um, these comments saying that you're not allowed to depict police departments um, as untrustworthy. Yet, fundamentally through the bat signal, you can sort of glean that these police departments are unable to work without Batman, which... You would think would be a bad... would be portraying police in a bad light, that they're unable to do their jobs, and so they're calling for Batman to come and help them do Mm -hmm. their job. Yeah, exactly. And it's really, like, a really weird area in which the comics code, like, sort of govern these comics, and which we could probably get into more about the history of how this came to be, But it really set sort of the stage of how superhero narratives and the superhero genre within comic books um, became popularized and so formulaic uh, for over the next, uh, from what we see today. And so I guess like a little history on the comic code. Um, So around like the 1930s to the 1950s, this was sort of considered like the golden age of comic books. It was like sort of... um, the form of escapism, as you said, that people would seek to during the Great Depression and World War II. And so much like how people like today tie like violent crime to violent video games, this sort of same moral panic happened in uh, for comic books. They're melting the brains of the children. (laughs) Funny how history repeats itself sometimes. (laughs) So weird. So weird. (laughs) And so this is uh, this sort of moral panic was all thanks to this German American psychiatrist uh, named Frederick Wertham, and so his research um, in this book called Seduction of the Innocent was poorly conducted, poorly researched. He basically worked in a juvenile uh, hospital. Uh, in Harlem, in which he saw these kids reading comic books, which at the time, because it was the golden age of comic books, everyone was reading comic books. And so he basically put those two together and said, oh, comic books cause juvenile crime, (sighs) juvenile delinquency. And just another example of confusing causation with correlation. Exactly. (laughs) And so he, so with that book... Um, Seduction of the Innocent, he really caused like a lot of... That's a great title, by the way. It it really is, but (laughs) really, a really poorly researched, uh, like, book. Uh, So he just caused like a lot of, like, to the point there was a Senate hearing, which didn't really cause, like, there wasn't any direct cause from that Senate hearing. But instead, it 
sort of created this self-governing system through the comics code. And so this comics code um, had a couple of rules, which was established like in 1954, basically saying that, you know, police officers and politicians uh, couldn't be displayed in a like bad light and a distrustful, distrustful way. Others such as um, you're not allowed to depict um, graphic content, no werewolves, no vampires, which... What else is there? What else is there? <laughs> and so you really had to depict criminals in such a bad light that there's no sort of moral, like, no, like, moral gray area, no depth to these, um, uh, to these characters. And it's sort of also, like, it kind of, like, ruined create creativity within, like, the comic book and artist community. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's essentially where the idea for Abolish Arkham came from. Like, I have watched a lot of superhero things. I think everyone has, especially with the success of the mm -hmm. Marvel Universe and the Marvel franchise. And for the last several years, I've just been like, oh, man, I just can't go see another one. Mm -hmm. You know, like, unless it has a specific element that, like, pulls me in. So, like, for mm -hmm. example, very excited for She-Hulk, like, very excited mm -hmm. for the next Black Panther movie. Like, there is Marvel content that I'm excited for. Mm -hmm. But I just found myself feeling like I was watching the same movie over and over and over again, mm -hmm. where, again, like, you know, you have the good guy who overcomes obstacles, and then you have the bad guy who maybe realizes that they were bad and maybe they don't, but ultimately they always end up dead or incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And so really a big inspiration behind this show was just what could we have instead? Exactly. And my argument, like, was that wouldn't it be more creative mm -hmm. to take bigger risks and have stories where the ending isn't so predictable? <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I mean, how it became, I originally thought this show was going to look a lot different and I did not come up with the Batman angle until pretty much close to starting this <laughs> whole adventure. Mm -hmm. um, but the more and more time that we spend, like, researching Batman and mm -hmm. finding the parallels, the more convinced I am than ever that Batman is the perfect place to start having this conversation about what mm -hmm. worlds could look like if we yeah. invested in different systems. Exactly. And I feel like Bat the Batman universe is such a, like, like you said, perfect example. Because I feel like a lot of... Uh, a lot of Batman villains um, came from systemic issues. Like we can see that a lot of their origin stories could have, like, could have been, like, I guess, reimagined had there been more resources funded towards um, their origins. Absolutely, yeah. And again, like Arkham Asylum is not a system that works. <laughs> You know, and so, and we're going to, you know, that's going to be a recurring theme throughout this show. But even speaking of, you know, um, kind of systems failing and how villains get created, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I find Harvey Dent, and honestly, I would love to do an entire episode just on Harvey Dent, um, mm -hmm. more commonly known as Two-Face, because he's a former district attorney, and he was really a hero in his community as a district attorney, as a as a fighter for justice, as mm -hmm. all of these things. And then when he becomes a villain and really leaves the court system and turns to violence and instead takes on 
more of a persona of a mob boss mentality. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that switch is really interesting. Like, again, just going back to this idea that that revenge equals justice mm-hmm. when so often it doesn't. And it's more complicated than that. And there are better yeah. ways to heal. Exactly. I think that a lot in a lot in so much in so many of these like the comics code was is now defunct not a lot of, like no comic books publisher are using it right now and yet we still see the same formula where good always triumphs evil at the end and um there's not much there's like no sympathy for uh for the villains which was a strict code that comic book publishers had to adhere adhere when the comics code came into fruition in the 1950s. And so despite now there being like no comics code and sort of like we now have this creative freedom, we should be reimagining these stories and reimagining what alternatives are out there for uh, like for people uh, within our fictional worlds and so we can sort of use that sort of escapism to figure out, like, what does that look like? I cannot agree more. And honestly, if only to just, like, like Hollywood, if you're listening, I'm bored. <laughs> and I would like new, I would like new stories. And I think it's tough because as far as I understand, it's a lot easier to make a sequel than it is to take a risk on something that's entirely new. Like, when you look at how sequels do, it's like, you know, for example, I think, like, Cars 4 did better than, like, a Pixar movie that wasn't a sequel just Mm -hmm. because they can – they're so driven by the profit and they can Mm -hmm. analyze the profit. And so just the more that we become – like, that art becomes profitable, Mm -hmm. um, I think it is hard to maintain that risk and that creativity – um, when, you know, people like a sure thing. Yeah. People like, people want, like, want to get, like, what they expect. Totally. And I guess for me, I would like to get something that I don't expect. <laughs> <laughs> I would like Give to finally be surprised. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, just even talking about Arkham, Arkham Asylum and talking about Gotham, I mean, I think that Arkham Asylum and Gotham are perfect examples and are really paralleled to the world that we live in. And I know that we are running out of time, um, so I look forward to diving in deeper into some of these systems and these characters mm-hmm. in future episodes. I am looking forward to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone, that's our show. It's been Abolish Arkham. I am your host, Dakota Kennedy. Yuki Nishida. And you have been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. We're going to go out with a song. This next track is called Classic by Red Shades. Right before I put this 
sync to my rhyme book I'm thinking about a dope verse with a fine hook If it don't work, gotta change the format Tired of speaking with these labels and no callbacks Half the people that they sign don't be all that What a sister gotta do to get a contract So it's back to square one, show what I'm about I'ma do it on my own and go the indie route Never know what happens, anything is possible Even if that means overcoming obstacles Go with your heart, not letting nobody stopping you And show the world you're doing what they told you not to do You know those people who can't wait to see your album out But be the first to download and say they copped a few And that's okay cause still I will show them what I'm about This girl right here cannot be tamed cause I'm unstoppable I hear them people with them backhanded compliments That got the nerve to say don't worry I'm not knocking you Classic Yup, everlasting, staying real and true while these others plastic. So get on my level, cause y'all just average, laughing at all these rappers that I've outlasted. Classic, yup, everlasting, staying real and true while these others plastic. So get on my level, cause y'all just average, laughing at all these rappers that I've outlasted. So what's up, Brad? Dan, show a little leg. Nah, I'm cool, I think I'd rather go this way instead. That's what the ladies do, consider this as normal. See, I feel bad, cause I fell a victim to conformity but really what am i to do if this is what i need i can't see myself undergoing surgeries the daily life of what a woman has to go through we all have a voice but i'm the one that's vocal some may disagree good for you this is me a lot of things occur especially when behind the scenes i guess my dreams to succeed see the finer things do i sacrifice my individuality things i ask myself when i stop and question me thinking if i belong up in this industry and if i stick with the film i won't be under pressure no one all up in your face a solace trying to dress you because i'm trying to take my career to higher measures hard work paying off and i'll enjoy the pleasures something's telling me that i could be doing better i don't know i really gotta get myself together classic yep everlasting staying real and true while these others plastic so get on my level because y'all just average laughing at all these rappers that i've outlasted classic yep everlasting Staying real and true while these others plastic Soaking on my level cause y'all just average Laughing at all these rappers that I've outlasted